0: All right, who loves a summer barbecue as much as I do? Listen, if you want to impress everyone with some super yummy dishes, you need ButcherBox in your life. ButcherBox is my go-to subscription box that delivers high-quality meat and seafood to your door with free shipping always. And I'm talking high-quality cuts at an amazing value. 100% grass-fed beef, free-range organic chicken, pork-raised crate-free, and wild-caught seafood. We are saving so much money every month with ButcherBox over going to the grocery store and buying meat and seafood and saving a lot of time. But get this, last month we saved nearly $200. I also love that ButcherBox curates these tips and recipes that are based on your box so you know what to cook. I made the most amazing steak with a basil sauce the other night. And oh, let me tell you, my friends all raved at how amazing it tasted. I'm definitely going to be pulling that recipe out. If you want great meat and seafood in your life, you need ButcherBox. Sign up for ButcherBox today by going to butcherbox.com ETM and use code ETM at checkout and enjoy your choice of bone-in chicken thighs, top sirloins, or salmon in every box for an entire year. Plus get $20 off.
1: Again, that's butcherbox.com ETM and use code ETM. Imagine unlocking a version of yourself that's unstoppable then it's time to become Mentally Stronger. Subscribe to Mentally Stronger with therapist Amy Morin, available wherever you love to listen to podcasts.
0: It's time to throw out the calculators. In this episode, I'm sharing four steps to know how much money you should save for retirement. You're listening to Millennial
2: Money with award-winning money expert and serial entrepreneur, Shana Compton-Game, where we flip the script on the old school approach to everything your parents never taught you about money. Each week,
0: Welcome back to the show. It is so good to have you here. I secretly always love doing these solo episodes. It's a, it's a chance for me to really dive in and share some thoughts around topics that are fun to research and combine my knowledge of all those years working as a financial planner with people just like you. So this episode is a question I get asked very often, and it's actually a little bit of a tricky question. There are undoubtedly so many articles and blogs and podcasts out there that will have you just plug in your age, plug in an expected retirement date, and it will just spit you out a number. And that's supposed to be your magical number of how much money you need for retirement. But here's the issue with that. There are way too many factors that that very simple calculation just doesn't take in account. So yeah, if you... If you want to still use those calculators, in fact, I'll put some in the show notes because they're very easy to use. But if you've never done this before, what I want you to do is use this episode as a let's think beyond the calculator. Let's go a little beyond just the standard numbers that kind of pop out at you. And let's think about the life that you want to create. And then how do we come up with a retirement number based around that life because that's what's really important. There's stuff that you want to do in life. There's a way that you want to live your life and that's very unique to you and I think that's what I don't know there's obviously this trend of DIY finance and DIY is great. It's it's inexpensive and there are so many ways that you can figure out big pieces of your essentially your financial plan without having to pay someone. But when it comes to something like retirement, this is a time when I might think about working with a financial planner because they're really adept at helping draw out of you what you really want your life to look like. So we kind of take it out from the calculator. But in this episode, I'm gonna do my very best to walk you through how you should be thinking about it. So maybe you don't quite need to hire a financial planner yet, So the simple truth of the story is that while you're working, the goal is to save what you can, when you can, in any retirement account you can. So 401k, a Roth IRA, a traditional IRA, a 403b, whatever you have access to is going to work. It's going to do the job. And without a fancy calculator, I can tell you that the more you save, the better off you're going to be but I think you already knew that, right? <laughs> there's just some simple math that goes into it. So oftentimes when I get asked the question, how much money should I save for retirement? The answer is always, well, I don't know how much you can you save. Because I, I'm sure I've shared this on the show before, but I don't think there's anyone who has ever taken their very last breath on this earth and said, oh, you know what? I think I've saved too much money that just doesn't exist. So I want you to actually be in that category. I want you to be someone who when you get to your very last day, you actually say, maybe I have too much saved. Because I want you to be able to have that luxury of not having to worry about running out of money in retirement. And that is the really real risk, fear, whatever you want to call it, is that you go through your life, you go through your working years, and you're kind of living life. You're doing your thing, right? We're, we're all ordering Uber Eats, and we're all going out, and we're all spending our money. And if you look at any of the studies and the statistics, they'll show that we are all, I don't care if you're in your 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, we're all saving less for retirement than we'll probably actually need. So before I kind of get into some numbers, I've got a couple of thoughts around retirement that... I just wanna share with you. In my opinion, I think retirement in the traditional sense is not gonna look like what it did for our parents and definitely for our grandparents. I think we're gonna find ways to make money even in our older years, and hopefully most of that is some sort of maybe passive income. So whether that's real estate or investing or maybe book sales or an Amazon product or some other sort of business venture, who knows? But I think most of us, we aren't just going to have that retirement where we literally stop working one day and we just sit in a rocker and kind of wait out life. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, oftentimes I would love to just sit in a rocker and not have anything to do. But I think just the sheer cost of living in our older age and then the fact that we're living longer is going to keep us making money longer. I don't know what the actual age is is for you. Everybody listening to the show is a very different age. But the reality that we could all end up living close to 100 or even in our hundreds is very real with technology and medicine and just overall health. We're all living a lot longer. So if you think about the traditional way that we think about retirements, that we, we stop working at, say, 65 or 70. But if we live to 100, Let's say we stopped working at 70. That's 30 years that we're going to spend in retirement. That's a really long time. That's more time than when you were from birth to when you probably first started your first job. So it's just fair to say that we're going to need a lot of cash. (laughs) And there's really no other way to slice it. So it's not to say that we don't need money saved. So saving money is just... It's going to give us options. So even if you plan on working longer, even if you have passive income sources, still thinking about retirement from this perspective is that the more money you have, the more money you've saved, the more options that you have. And options are a good thing, if you ask me. If you just think about the pandemic, we don't know when another pandemic is going to come. And what if that is the year you decided to stop working? And what if the stock market didn't go as good as it? did end up going in the latter half of 2020 and 2021. I mean, they're just, there's so many X factors. So all you can do now is just breathe a little bit. If you're feeling a little stressed out already, maybe you haven't saved that much for retirement. I just want us all to take a collective deep breath. Just breathe. And I want you to just know, as we go through this episode, it's going to be okay. You're going to be okay right? I want to take away a lot of those freak out moments that happen because there are a lot of money experts out there that might point a finger in your face and tell you that for whatever reason, you haven't done very well saving. That's not me. We're not going to do that, right? We're going to, we're going to write this ship a different way. So back to this idea of figuring out your number. I want to run down some things to bring more context to the amount then just that simple retirement calculator can spit out. So the first thing I want you to think about is that it all starts with getting specific for what you want your life to look like. I talk about this a lot on the show, but it's for a very good reason because I know how powerful it is for you to draw out what you want your life to look like, what you want the next year to look like, the money goals you want to achieve. If you get very very specific, what it does is it actually starts telling your brain, hey, look at these things. We need to start being intentional so that we can actually achieve these things. The, the number one reason that most people don't achieve resolutions, if you will, that's why I don't like to talk about them. I like to talk about intentions because again, intention is more of a feeling. A resolution is something that I'm holding to, I'm either going to do it or I'm not going to do it, right? So there's a pass-fail element The reason that most people don't actually achieve their resolutions is because there isn't enough meat or enough why or enough feeling behind it. Sure, you might want to work out more, maybe you want to eat better, maybe you want to do something better with your money, and that's fantastic to say, but I want you to really get down to the depths of it. Why? Why is that important to you? When you start attaching that emotion to the thing that you want to achieve, that is really where the magic starts happening. So it's very simple. Like get out a piece of paper, draw or write or post pictures of what you want your life to look like. Now I want you to think about like, let's say 60, 65 plus. What is that vision for that future you? Remembering, of course, you could live until maybe well past a hundred. So that's a lot of years to really think about. But I want you to get specific. Like, where are you living? What are you doing? How do you spend your time? What kind of house are you in? Is it paid off? Do you have a mortgage on this house? Are you renting? Are you living in a tiny house? Maybe you're living in an RV and you're traveling. Do you go on vacation? If so, where? What are you doing to stay healthy and active? How often are you eating out and spending money? I want you to think about everything that you possibly can. And yes, I know this is all hypothetical, of course. We're thinking about it from the context of whatever age you are right now. But when you're dialing in a number for retirement, that's hypothetical as well, because there are a lot of X factors. We don't know what the market's going to do. We don't know what your health is going to be like. We don't know your life expectancy. We know what it says on a piece of paper, but we don't know the actual reality of what's going to happen. So, So much of it is hypothetical, but that's okay. The important piece is just to think about who do I want to be in the later years of life? Because that's going to be the GPS system behind your money. That's what's going to help you right now start to make some of those saving decisions. So I don't want you to just think lightly of this process. I want you to actively do it. Maybe you pause this episode right now and get out a piece of paper and just go to town on it. And then come back for the final three points. Whatever you want to do, just take some time out and do this. Because this is going to then create the framework for everything else. So tell me, what are your money goals that you have for this year? Maybe you're like me and endlessly looking for a house to buy and you're focused on saving for a down payment or you're drooling over traveling somewhere tropical this year and you want to save to pay for it, or you're ready to leave your job and build your own business, so you're going to need some startup funds. Whatever your goals are this year, Monarch can help you reach them. In fact, the Wall Street Journal named Monarch the best app for growing your savings. Monarch is the top rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more create custom budgets, track progress towards financial goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com etm. What I love about Monarch is its simple and easy customizable design so the dashboard can look exactly the way you want it to. I'm also a big fan of creating custom budgets for things like travel. It's one of my favorite money tips. And Monarch lets you do this so easily. This is such a great way to stay motivated when you've got a lot of money goals you can easily track your progress with every dollar that you save or spend. Remember, your brain loves to see progress, and you should celebrate it when you're saving money. And honestly, I am so focused on privacy, so I really admire that Monarch will never sell your data to third parties. This means a lot to me, and it should mean a lot to you as well. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it is the top-rated personal finance app, And right now, listeners of the show get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash ETM. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash ETM for your extended 30-day free trial.
4: This is Chris Christensen from the Amateur Traveler Podcast. The Amateur Traveler Podcast is about the love of travel. It's about where to go and why you should go there. We're going to open up to you different destinations you haven't heard of or places you have heard of but things you didn't know to do while you were there. Each episode is about 45 minutes long. And it's typically an interview with someone who wrote the guidebook on that destination or who has been there or who's a local tour guide or someone who is an expert on that destination and knows how to tell you what to do to get the most out of your precious vacation time. So if you value your vacation time and you want to use it wisely, listen to Amateur Traveler and learn about destinations both domestic and international, places you've heard of and places you haven't. Amateur Traveler has almost 900 episodes talking about different destinations, so if there's a place you want to go, odds are we've already covered it and can help you plan a trip there. Amateur Traveler, subscribe today.
0: You know what makes life more fun? Having your money situation solved. I mean, how great would that be? I want to introduce you to The Stacking Benjamin Show. A podcast that I'm a big fan of that delivers exactly what you want most when you listen to money podcasts. Less preaching and more genuine money talk. Do you want to learn how to build wealth and manage your money? Well, The Stacking Benjamin Show has you covered with practical advice and expert insights on personal finance. Their headline segments keep you up to date with the latest lessons to be learned from the news. And their TikTok minute shines a light on just how bizarre money advice can be online sometimes. The Stacking Benjamin show was just named the best personal finance podcast by Bankrate. Here's what they said about it. Unlike other competitors hitting the airwaves, the team doesn't tote Stacking Benjamins as the be-all end-all for lessons on money. Instead, they share a broad range of concepts and resources to create a more comprehensive financial foundation for their listeners. And listen, they have a lot of fun on their show. Even I have been a guest from time to time, and I always go away with a big smile on my face. So, if you're looking to find a companion podcast that goes great with this show, tune into Stacking Benjamins. Find them on all major podcast platforms, including where you're listening to us right now. Your wallet will thank you.
3: Everyone knows that putting money aside in savings is really important. But then what? Should you keep your savings locked in a CD for a higher rate or keep them liquid in a money market? Can your checking account help you save too? Or is it about creating the right combination? We believe real banking is a conversation. Let's talk about the savings options that are right for you. Learn more at SandySpringBank.com. Member FDIC. All
0: right, so number two. Then you have to start with right now. This is where this idea of knowing your numbers comes into play. Again, I love the idea of cash tracking over budgeting. So let me explain. Cash tracking... Let's you look at where you spend your money without feeling this sense of having to cut back, like you really do when you're when you're thinking about budgeting. Essentially, it's the same thing, but with cash tracking, you're playing more of like a detective role where you spend your money. You're kind of looking at where am I spending my money? Is there anything better I can do with my money? Anywhere I can route it. Maybe I can make just a different decision, or maybe I notice something in my cash tracking, like, oh. I'm paying a fee, or I'm still paying some sort of subscription or some sort of service that I actually don't need anymore. One of the most common fees when you're cash tracking that you find are bank fees, whether it's ATM fees, or maybe your bank is just charging one of those crazy monthly fees, which, by the way, you shouldn't be paying. There are loads of amazing banks out there. We've had so many on this show where They are truly zero fees. Even if it's only a couple of bucks a month, I would pretty much guarantee that there are a million other places that you could put that couple extra bucks a month. So what you're looking at are, are there any ways to drive more money every month towards your goals and away from just pure impulse spending? Sure, we're all going to do it. I am very guilty myself. I think after the holidays, I went on a crazy shopping spree and I was thinking, what am I doing? This is not very intentional. This is not an intentional way to start out the new year, but there were actually things that I needed, a few things that I didn't need, but the point is just don't get down on yourself. It's going to happen, right? We're still living life in this process. This is what cash tracking is all about. It's about being this detective in your money and figuring out, do I like the way I'm spending my money? If not, is there anything I can do about it? Can I make any changes? Maybe if you notice that your rent is really high and it's stopping you from saving money or from investing or paying down debt. Sure, you can't just walk out on your lease, but maybe when your lease is up, maybe that's just a gentle reminder like, hey, let me find something that actually works better for my cash flow that can put me in a better spot, right? So, It's all about being more empowered with your money and putting yourself back in control rather than feeling so ridiculously out of control with your money, which, by the way, is just a common feeling. You feel it. I feel it. We all feel it. So all you need is a good app, or you can just simply print your bank statements and see where you're actually spending money over the last month. And then you can make the changes this month, and then you just kind of rinse and repeat. So traditionally speaking, the experts, quote unquote, say you're going to need somewhere around 80% of your pre-retirement income to cover the costs of living in retirement. In other words, let's say you make $100,000 now, you're going to need around $80,000 per year in today's dollars after you retire. Again, there are a million X factors that come into play, but that just gives you a rough estimate. Some people say save seventy percent, some people say eighty percent, some people say ninety percent. It's kind of up to you to figure out what makes most sense. So this is really where we come back to number one and we come back to our vision. If we want to travel and, and do things like that, you might need closer to ninety percent of your pre-retirement income. Also, there are factors like have you paid off your mortgage by now or are you still renting? Or maybe you still have a mortgage at age 65 or 70 or whatever year you are kind of tracking towards wanting to retire. All of those numbers just really come to play. So when you're crafting your vision, try to think this out a little bit. How expensive are my retirement years looking like? Am I going to need to really think about that target number Am I more in the 70% range? Or am I probably gonna be in more in the 90% range? I always say if you ask me, I would shoot for the higher number. <laughs> and if it ends up that you only need 70, 75, or 80% of your of your income, fantastic. You just have more cash, right? Rather than shooting for a lower figure and you get to retirement and there's still uh, a few holes to plug, right? Which again is not the end of the world. None of this is the end of the world, so I, I don't want you to have uh, a minor meltdown here. Just just hang with me, all right? So number three, we have the vision. you have this rough estimate of how much pre-retirement income you're going to need to cover your life in retirement. So from there, you 've got to figure out how much money you'll have each year in retirement. So the old wisdom is to use a 4% withdrawal number. And while the 4% rule has plenty of flaws, it's kind of a good starting point for determining a safe annual withdrawal amount in retirement. So let's let's walk through this, all right? So the 4% rule says that in your first year of retirement, you can withdraw 4% of your retirement savings. So if by that year, whatever year that is, That you decide you want to retire, you have a million dollars saved. You could take out 40%, which is 4% of a million, during your first year of retirement. From there, you would adjust this amount upward to keep up with your cost of living increases. So let's look at that in reverse a little bit. If you needed $4,000 per month, $48,000 per year, From your savings, you should aim to have about $1.2 million in retirement savings. So we can kind of work that both ways here. But thinking about that 4% withdrawal, that can help you figure out okay, if I've saved a million or 2 million or whatever that number is, and I just for now use that 4% rule, that's going to tell me how much I have each year. And realistically, what do I think about that number? Right? So these are just things for you to think about file them under that category depending on where you live you will likely have some sort of government assistant for retirement as well for example in the u.s currently we have access to social security will it be around in the future i don't know if you have a crystal ball i'd really love to know what it says because i'm not i'm not quite sure how this one works out maybe maybe not but what you can control is how much you save and you can keep working towards that vision for your life, right? You can just keep putting one foot in front of the other each day. You can actually head to the social security website if you live in the US. It's really cool because you can get a copy of your statement every year and that lets you see what your benefits would be given how much you've paid in thus far, right? So it's it's going to adjust upwards the more you work, but just a fun experiment to kind of see how you would fare and how that would factor in. I don't know. I just like those kind of experiments. So I, I would say try the calculators, try, you know, go to the social security site, just play around with some of this stuff. You might also be expecting maybe an inheritance from a family member somewhere in in life here. And sure, that can absolutely be used to fill in any gaps. I don't want you to just rely on Social Security. I don't want you to just rely on the inheritance. I want you to also figure out how to bulk up some retirement savings yourself. Again, the theory is that more money is always better. So even if we have a couple of different buckets of money, that's just going to set you up in a better place. Want to know the number one money question I'm asked? It's how to get started investing without being overwhelmed. So if you're asking yourself the same question, then you have to check out the Investing for Beginners podcast. The hosts, Dave and Andrew, they break down investment terms and strategies in a way you can finally understand. I love that they're making investing accessible and they have an entire podcast dedicated to helping you invest better. Even if you're not ready to start investing, they explain the stock market and financial updates so you can really understand what is being said on the news. If you're ready to learn more about investing, I'd recommend you start with two of my favorite episodes. Listener Q&A, how do you start investing with a thousand bucks, where they explain how you get started right away, and back to basics of building your portfolio, where they explain how to build a portfolio from scratch. The Investing for Beginners podcast is a great way to start expanding your relationship with money. Find Investing for Beginners podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. From foreign policy, I'm Reena Ninen, the host of the Hidden Economics of Remarkable Women. Over the past few years, we've looked at how women around the world are changing societal norms to increase their economic power. This season, we're focusing completely on girls, how they're pushing for a brighter, more powerful future, and what the rest of us can do to set them up for success. Join us for stories about girl power, young women who are fighting for change to give themselves a chance to live a life of their own choosing. That's season six of The Hidden Economics of Remarkable Women, wherever you get your podcasts.
3: Hey, my name's Otis Gray, host of The Daily Book Club Tune into the Daily Book Club Discord and discuss the readings with other book club listeners. However you want to listen, it's your choice. Subscribe to the Daily Book Club on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere else. New episodes every single day. So sit back, relax, and get lost in the Daily Book Club.
0: So number four, we got to go back to the present. The general advice is that you should save somewhere between 15 and 20% of your gross salary, so that's before taxes, for retirement. Remember, this counts as well, any employer match, so that counts in that percentage. So let's just pretend, let's say you're making $60,000 a year. You should aim to save between $9,000 and $15,000 a year in retirement, but again, that includes your employer match. So again, another moment not to freak out on, all right? I know that can feel like a lot. So if you're just starting out, I want you to start small. Start with somewhere between 1% to 5% of your gross pay, and then just work your way up. It's easier to go in small increments. Just make sure you're inching up along the way. So if you get a raise or a bonus, challenge yourself to bump up that percentage by 1% or 2%. If you go the smaller percentages, you're also not going to feel it as much in your paycheck. So it's not going to be like, oh my God, (laughs) I suddenly don't have all of this money, right? Just slow and steady and easy. That's going to win the race. So based on a few articles I've read, here's what again, quote unquote, the experts recommend in terms of savings. Now, I want you to take this with a full, very large heaping spoonful of salt because Not everyone is in the luxury, I should say the same position, let's just put it that way, in order to hit these numbers. So if you're someone where you just want to track against your age group and how much you should save, I'm going to give you those numbers. But for most of us, it's going to be skewed a little bit. So the experts recommend that by age 30, you should have saved one times your annual salary by 40, two times. 54 times, 66 times, and 67, eight times your annual salary. That is what the quote unquote experts recommend that you have saved for retirement. But again, there are so many X factors that go into this. And the primary X factor is just what do you want your life to look like when you get to that retirement age? That's going to dictate these numbers. So if you're saving around 15% of your income now, But if you're going for 25%, of course, these numbers are going to be a lot higher. So uh, just give that a little perspective. Also, let me point this out. You've heard me and so many other guests on this show say this, but there is truth here. The earlier you start saving for retirement, potentially the less you have to save for retirement. And that's a good thing, but it doesn't mean that... It's all over if you haven't started to save when you were younger. So I was really diligent when I came out of college, really started to save for retirement, and then life got a little sticky, a little icky. I got divorced along the way, and I basically had to walk away from all of my retirement savings. So that's not a fun position to be in, but that happens. That's reality for a lot of us. There's all sorts of situations. Maybe you have to tap into your retirement savings. The point is that it's okay. If you started to save when you're young, if you're listening to this show now and you're in your early 20s, the best thing you can do is start saving even a small amount of money. But if you're in your 30s, your 40s, your 50s, and you're listening now, it's going to be okay as well, right? We just have to, we just have to change the direction of the ship a little bit. So let me give you an example. At age 25, your suggested savings rate is 15% of your gross pay. At age 30, it goes up to 18% and at age 35, it goes up to 23% and so on. So what I want you to do today is just focus on what you can do today. I want you to create your vision. It totally and will completely change over time and that's okay at least you have an idea of what you want your later years to look like that vision just gives your money direction right it's just like the navigational force behind your behind your money so you have an idea of how much you might need so if you want to live in let's say manhattan and maybe you want to live the life you want to go out multiple times a year you want to travel abroad And so on, you're definitely gonna need a lot more money saved than somebody who just wants to live in their mortgage free house somewhere with a real low cost of living. Maybe they occasionally take some trips, they go see the grandkids, they explore somewhere new, but they have a lower cost of living. Neither one of these are right or wrong. They just are. Hey, it's your life. (laughs) It's pretty cool, right? It's your life. You get to live it. You get to design it how you want. I think that's really super cool is that we have that within each of us. But you can reverse into this a bit while you're working so that when you get to 65, 70, you're just in a better spot. You took the time now, whatever age you're at, to be conscious and intentional with your money. And by no means, that does not mean that you don't spend your money to live in your 20s, 30s, 40s, and 50s. But it means that you're tracking your cash each month. You're making small corrections in your spending and saving. And you're thinking about your buying decisions maybe a little bit differently. You're thinking about it a little bit from this educated perspective. You're kind of challenging yourself. You're also challenging yourself to increase your contribution percentage again, if only by 1% a year. So the point of this is that you're living in the present meaning this moment right now with your money. And I find it's way too easy to get caught up in your past mistakes and then let that stop you from living in the present or maybe you're just fully, fully focused on worrying about the future. And let me tell you, friend, you cannot control either of these things. I've tried. It doesn't work. The only thing you can do right now is today that was just a really tough lesson that i had to learn but i don't want you to let those money lies or those blocks or anything that's happened in your family i don't want you to let any of that stop you any longer all right so you've got your marching orders you've got four steps to figure out even if it's only roughly how much you need to save for retirement i'm going to be putting a ton of calculators and resources in the show notes so if you're interested go test them out, test them out with ages and saving rates and all sorts of different numbers just to get a feel. But I don't want you to get stuck in the numbers. Just let the numbers kind of inspire you as to what you need to do today with your cash. So I hope you enjoyed this solo episode. If you did, please share it with a friend or family member. That's a great way to keep this show growing and also to keep this education just rippling out. Also, I just wanted to take some time on solo episodes in particular to read some reviews. I really appreciate you taking time to leave the reviews. So I want to give a couple of people a shout out. So we've got Belinda228 and she says, great money podcast. I share it with all my friends. Honestly, it just feels good to feel good about my money. Like who knew that was possible? Thanks, Shauna. All right, Belinda228, I got you, right? (laughs) Who doesn't want to feel good about their money? And then we've got Mike Rod 266, who says, really, really love the episode on how to train your brain to achieve money goals. I've listened about 10 times already. Always good info on this podcast, and I always feel safe learning here. Highly recommend. I mean, I don't think there could be any better compliment than that. Thank you. Yes, this is a safe space for everyone to come learn about money. And I really love that episode too. I think all of you listening did. That episode was one of our most highly downloaded episodes for last year. If you haven't listened to it, I'll link in the show notes. But it was amazing about how to train your brain really to be able to achieve these money goals that we kind of get stumped on. And we got one more review from Becca206. She says, always love this show. I've made a lot of money mistakes, but I feel like I'm a lot better after hearing from every guest. I love all the variety of the topics too. I honestly never miss an episode. If you want to not be yelled at or talked down to, this podcast is for you. Also, I'm sharing my January goal to pay off $1,000 on my credit card. I know I can do it. Thanks again for this podcast. Yeah, I mean, what an amazing goal, Becca. So we're about halfway through January. I hope you are halfway to that goal. I'm going to be cheering you on throughout the way. As always, if you haven't done so already, I genuinely appreciate all the reviews. I'm going to try and shout some out on a few solo episodes coming up. And you can head to the show notes for all the links that I've mentioned in this episode, as well as the links to our episode sponsors. I'll see you back here in a few days for a brand new episode.
2: Hey, you. Yes, you. Before you go, we want to say thanks for listening to this episode of Millennial Money. For all the links, tags,